Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. It was a brutal day in Baltimore, Maryland. The Bills, uh, I don't know, well, 44 to 3, 47, 47, 47 to 3, whatever, it doesn't matter. The Bills got shellacked by the Baltimore Ravens. I'm Lars. Joining me today, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. It's great to be back with you guys. Great to be back. And the president of the Bills, backwards of Chicago, Sujit, is also here. It's a change in atmosphere. This uh, episode is brought to you by my bookie. Uh, you, you, oh, they're back. In, we're back in the mybookie my, love, huh? Yeah, okay, mybookie.ag. Uh, use the promo code BEERS and get a 100% match on your first deposit. Mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Uh, best way to bet online. We'll talk about it later. So this game was terrible. The uh, kid had to come in and play mop of duty. We'll get way into that and the Nathan Peterman saga. We will also talk about what's going on with this defense that gave up 47 points, which by all measures, was the bright spot in today's game somehow, some way. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Bills and Beers. And if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher. Let's not waste any more time because this game already took three hours of our lives. We don't want to give it too much more, but we got plenty to talk about. But so Josh Allen, though. Josh Allen, so no. let's get into it now. Nope, do it again. That was too horrible. Mine's too. No, my, do, mine do, mine do, is do, way do. too concentrated. Still even, bad. Even okay, worse. fine. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna shout. 47 to 3, the final. The Bills did not score, excuse me, the Bills did not earn a first down in the first half. And the Ravens did not score any points on special teams or defense. 47 points scored by their offense to three points scored by the Bills' offense. But it wasn't all ugly. We'll get to all the things that were, were ugly, and we, we may not have enough time remaining between now and Wednesday to talk thoroughly enough about each of them. But there were a couple bright spots. So, Suge, we'll start with you. You're the Bat Blue MVP of today's game. Okay, there's a couple obvious ones that we're going to talk about. So I don't. I think we should ban Josh Allen from 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 the uh, Labatt Blue because we're well, going to talk uh, about uh, him okay, independently. Okay, how about let other people talk first? And okay, then but I'm just saying because that's by the my time choice, it comes to me, that is my and choice. I have to pick somebody. He might be the only man left standing. So. For Labatt Blue, there weren't that many good moments today. No shit. So by the time we have to pick the third one, it's going to be pretty tough. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's all right. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to pick because I think that someone else is going to pick the other defender that I thought did a great job. So I'm going to pick Matt Milano. Okay. Uh, ever since this guy came onto the team, all he's done is made plays. Uh, has he made some mistakes? Yeah, he's a, what, a second-year player? Um, like a fifth-rounder? Right. And so, but this guy is always on the ball. He's made some really clutch tackles. You know what? He has actual fundamentals. He wraps people up when he tackles them. And, my goodness, the tackling was horrible today. You know, the fundamentals were, were, were broken. And I just think that Matt Milano's around the ball, and I think that another one of our linebackers, I'm sure, is going to get mentioned. Uh, but Matt Milano had a, had a hell of a game, and I think he was a bright spot of our defense. That was otherwise horrible. Yeah, you know, and Matt Milano, they were talking about him earlier this week on the radio saying how he's undersized. Is this really the guy that you want to go with long term? And honestly, you could do a lot worse than Matt Milano. Like you said, he made a lot of great plays last year. 
We definitely missed him in the playoff game against Jacksonville uh, last year. The, 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 the fall off between him and Ramon Humber was most certainly noticeable. And I'm right there with you. He made a lot of great plays today. And if I recall correctly, during the preseason, when he came out for a period of time, that our defense kind of got shredded a little bit. And he may, he may be too small. He may be not that great. Or we may be grasping at straws because so many things went wrong today. But... In the grand scheme of things, I I can't help but disagree, or I can't help but agree rather that you know you can do a lot worse than Matt Milano. Cass, coming to you now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the player on the opposite side of him and obviously go with Tremaine Edmonds. So wait, I, time out, not the opposite. That would be that would next be next to him. The next to him. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. The person next to him. Thank you. Sorry, uh, but actually, the opposite side. Lorenzo Alexander was, also had was a remarkable good game as well, and I think that that's one thing I was gonna say about Tremaine Edmonds that. I think not only has he made a presence on the field, but he's also making the people that play around him better. And I think he's kind of has a presence. Now, I do want to say he died off in the second half. So I, it might be a, some fitness issues. I know they, uh, the defense was on the field a lot during the first half, and I know he's getting a little – he looked a little smoked. He looked a little tired in the second half. Um, but overall, I mean, I think every single possession – Defensive possession, that, or when we were on the defense, he was constantly making himself known out there, or making in the play, or around the play, causing a fumble. Like he was just making a presence. And the dude is young, and everyone said, "Oh, he, he looks confused out there. He doesn't know what he's doing." I, that's wrong. I don't he knew know exactly what he was doing today. I don't know what else you could ask for from a 20-year-old middle linebacker in, in his first ever start. And I tweeted as much. And as, and as I was doing so, he forced the fumble, but the offense couldn't do diddly with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if, if he continues to play at that level, and, and one has to assume he's only going to get better, then the future is looking good for... And I, I just like what it does to the overall defense. Now, the secondary, we'll get to it, crap the bed. But I just I, I thought Lorenzo played great. I thought Matt Milano played great. I just think across the board, it's really good to see those guys gelling. So I had wrote a couple, I, I'm, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to play mop-up duty here for both of the the uh, MVPs and the Bummers. Uh, you mean you're going to pick more than one? No, I'm just going to mention <laughs> some guys here. But the, the guys I had in MVP were Edmonds, Milano, and then two other names here. One, Bejorque, our punter, our left-footed punter. Oh, I don't know, man. If you shank a punk and lose the ball... That's hard. The I mean, dude punted I know, 43 times today. Every time, yeah, that's true. And, and the hold, the first. Well, we don't know. Hold, we don't I, know. We don't know what happened to that, that field that goal. That looked like it, the, the ball. Something did not went come terribly down. wrong with that. But for a rookie, undrafted free agent, left-footed punter who's never taken a snap in a professional game to come in and punt, the guy did pretty good. You know what's really weird about him? When he kicks the ball, like every punter I've ever seen, once they punt the ball, they actually like leave the ground, right? They like. They, the leg He's goes a lefty, up in man. Lefties do weird things. The leg things. goes up in the air, no, right? And not they lefties. Kick, and then, you know, the, the, the momentum of the leg going up causes them to almost, like, hop on the other leg. He, his other foot stays planted. Not lefties, baby. It's weird. And that's, you know, they Can said, we get back to the fact that I think he's a KGB agent? Well they, well, they said that, like, Belichick prefers left-footed punters because the ball spins differently and it messes up returners. We saw one bit return today. I don't know how much of a factor the weather was today. We will get into this. During the Jenny Creamel portion, because Jesus Christ, it was ugly. And if we had, like, if we if we had to search ourselves for excuses, for sure the weather would be one of them. But you got to give the guy credit. He was better than he was as good or better than Colton Schmidt would have been. And he's never. 
punted the ball in a professional setting in his entire life. I feel like I've asked permission. No one's going to give me the permission to talk about the fact that I think he's a KGB act <laughs> no, 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 agent. No, because we have to talk about Josh Allen. Okay, wait, just so, but briefly. Josh Allen was the other fine. name on my list, and I don't want to talk any more about Bahorquez. I don't want to have to say his name ever again. And so help me God, Suge, if you show up to the bar wearing a Bahorquez jersey, you're yes. out. I don't want to see anybody wearing Bahorquez jerseys. I don't want to see anybody with a Bahorquez handle on Twitter or on a message board. I don't want to see any Brian Mormon Redux horse shit or, oh, isn't it funny? Our best players are punter. No. Let's talk about the rookie quarterback because when he came into the game, he wasn't perfect, but things looked different. Things looked like we actually had a prayer of moving the ball. We actually did move the ball. Uh, his receivers were terrible. God, we help, will help the boy. We, we will get to that. But as far as coming in and overcoming adversity, oh my God, the Browns are going to win this game. Uh, as far as coming in and overcoming adversity, and like Suge, like you said, he does not look scared. And nobody has ever accused Josh Allen of playing frightened. And he might not have the skills, he might not have the vision or the, the feel or, or anything else that it takes to be a professional quarterback, but he sure as hell has the balls and he definitely has the arm to play the position. And the game looked a lot different when he came in and it's gonna be the controversy from now until Tuesday when McDermott announces the starter, unless he does tonight in his press conference. We apologize, we're recording right after the game. He may have already, and we may already know who's playing next week at home against San Diego. But he definitely made the conversation more interesting, and he definitely looked better than Nate Peterman. So here's two and thoughts. That is ahead. coming from the biggest, the biggest Peterman Nate supporter. Peterman fan. I know. I was going to say, I was like, could you maybe take a little bit of time to ha eat some crow first? Because we've been waiting for you to eat this crow for a long time. Oh, oh, I mean, you've been waiting for me to eat crow. You've been waiting for the guy who said that Nate Peterman is going to start week one to eat crow, who you is objectively love you correct. Peterman. You literally I was, started the, the Peterman can. I was, I was correct. <laughs> About Peterman starting this week. I did, but I, yes. at no point did I say he was our best quarterback. I said he was going to start week one, and God damn it, I was right. You know so I'm you not going to eat crow about being right. <laughs> He's and so I mad. do love. Deep down inside, a little bit of Lars is dying. Why? Peterman. <laughs> we just Peterman. lost 47 to 3. A deep down, a little bit of every Bills fan should have died because he was fucking terrible. Seeing Peterman on the sideline with his helmet on, looking so sad. He was ready to go. Bro, he thought he, he was, was going to come back in the game. He was ready to go. <laughs> No matter what happened, Peterman's ready. All right, I gotta, I gotta say, here's my thoughts on Josh Allen. For all, the, okay. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, we'll talk about Peterman. I'm sure <laughs> we got plenty of time to talk about Peterman. Go ahead, Josh Allen. Let's all talk right, about here's him. my thoughts on Josh Allen. Uh, Peterman looks great in the preseason because he faces vanilla defenses, and then suddenly, when a real defense shows up, like the Chargers or like the uh, like the Ravens, uh, you know, the windows with which he has ability to throw into become very, very narrow. So if his first read is not there, he does not have the ability to, uh, to improvise. And, and this has been talked about with Nate Peterman previously. With Josh Allen, he might not be able to read the defenses as well. But when he sees something open for a split second, he actually has the physical capability of just lightning a pass in there. Um, and if he had and Nate Peterman's ability to read and... Then he wouldn't be... It would be Andrew Luck. You know, like he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have come out... It wouldn't have been controversy of who, as who the best is. Nobody, there's no controversy of who Correct. has the best but arm we, of the we, outcoming quarterback. We agree quarterback. on that, that if he had, if you were to take Peterman's vision and pre-snap read and then anticipation right. and, and put it into Josh Allen's arm, yeah. like he would be a top five NFL I, quarterback. I actually, 
I don't agree with that because if Peterman actually had some sort of capabilities back there, it would not have looked as terrible as it did. He didn't audible out of anything. He wasn't reading the defense. He had zero vision. I don't – like, at least Allen got out there. He read a little bit. He's like, okay, here's my hold opening. On, hold on, and hold like, on. I, I, I must. And I, I know this is me shit, but the, the Browns – Interrupting this broadcast. Oh, my oh God, my they gosh. biffed it. Oh, my oh God, he missed it. <laughs> the Browns just had a – very short field goal to kick to get 43-yard field goal to win their 43-yard field goal to win their first game in two seasons. JJ Watts' little brother blocked it, and JJ Watts' little brother just blocked it. You know what? The Browns gonna Browns, just like Shady got a Shady. The Browns got a Browns. I can't. I just like Tyrod got a Tyrod because he's never taken a team back from being in a deficit I to win a game. I can't believe that. Okay. Anyway, so All right, moving on. Yeah. Sorry. So, so I think that you know but we okay. had to react to that. In real yeah, time we had to. We Jesus. had to. So with with Peterman, I think he can read the other defenses, right? But no, 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 no. But he can't execute. So when he sees a second read, he might see it, but it's only open for a split second in the NFL. And he might, and he know, does what, not, he might know what his He might know are. that I, I, I sh- that it would be nice if I could throw in that space, but I physically am ca- incapable of throwing but in that Ca- space. Cassie, you're shaking your I, head. I completely disagree. He but didn't you're run. basing that on today's performance, and every other performance we've seen from Nate Peterman was the exact opposite. You mean preseason games. What about San Diego? He was exactly – this is exactly the Nate Peterman that we saw against San Diego. Now, this is different than we've seen against him in preseason. Yes, he did the same thing against San Diego. Could not run an offense. He can run a preseason office, offense, but he cannot run a regular season That's offense. So I'm that- sorry. I, I do not – I don't see any vision. I don't see any ability to execute. Like, even when the running plays of, like, getting, getting players in the right spots, like – there's going to be open people out there, and he just wasn't able to find that's it. That's fair, and, and that's, yeah, and, and that's and a hard point to refute. So the, the question that I asked during the game is, what's the point of the preseason? If it's to evaluate players, obviously the evaluation on Nate Peterman wasn't valid. Yeah, I think it's to run vanilla plays so you can get your fundamentals in order, which is why I was so pissed off that our fundamentals were so bad. But, you know, this was actually not uh, this is not supposed to be the Nate Peterman Bass session, right? This is no, supposed we to be got, the Josh Allen session. another hour and a half session. for that. Right, so the thing about Josh Allen, right, is that those throws he, were ma- he was making, those third down conversions, the third and 18, the out throws, things like that, it's not that, oh, you know, suddenly they're playing second string quarterback, you know, second string defense, and they probably were, right? But even with that, even with that, those throws were narrow window throws that without that velocity, you cannot make those throws. So that's the problem is that Nate Peterman just does not have an NFL arm. He might have an NFL brain, but he does not have the ability to to, to throw an NFL throw because against the Ravens, the only opportunity, even against their second string, were throws that required a laser. Right? There were throws that had narrow windows, and you know it's not like these guys were wide open when Josh was throwing to them. Well, there were some, but those receivers dropped those. So uh, that, but we'll that, get to that. But I think no, that's we are going to get thing. to it right now. And then the last thing that I'll say about Josh Allen is I was miserable this entire game. <laughs> and then Josh Allen came in. Must see and TV. Even I just wanted. I didn't care about what was happening with the game. I was like, oh come on, just, just let him get the score ball back. so we can. I can watch Josh Allen more. And I don't care, frankly, unless we are fucking him up mentally, which all signs point to the fact that he does not look scared. Nope. He got sacked. He. Got in the f- he pulled down one of the defenders on the sidelines and then got up and uh, like talked in his face. The guy's not scared, it, right? On he's their sideline, that was eight, awesome, that right? Was, or whatever, that was incredible. Right? Like the guy's seven foot eight is what we're saying, and and you know he's not gonna you know be intimidated by these guys. So and and remember, this guy scored high on his wonderlick test. This is not some dummy, 
right? He might have a lot to learn, but he's no dummy. He can learn. And I think he so, – so the point is that if he puts up a 0 to 40 performance, I'm okay with it if I feel like he's learning and getting better. And as long as we're not screwing him up mentally, what better test and what better learning experience is the Chargers and Green Bay and Seattle, so right, I, I, or whoever we play next? So I got a lot of names written down here for the Genesee crew male bummer of the game. I, I do have to say there's one thing to detriment to Josh Allen, and that was in the preseason he didn't get enough play with number ones, and I think that showed out there today. Because when the ball came out fast, some of those guys didn't know what to do with it. I want to touch on every single one of the players we have here on my list of Genesee Cremail bummers of the week. But we're, we're right now backing up into one of them, and I want to address it immediately and give it to this person. That's Kelvin Benjamin who had a touchdown bounce off his chest. He had a back shoulder throw from Nate Peterman on the sideline that he couldn't pull in. And I get that this guy is a six foot five inch freak and that he moves well and he doesn't have to get open because he catches everything, but that doesn't count if he biffs passes two or three times a game, which I guess is okay when you have Cam Newton as your quarterback and you're getting 15 targets. But right now with the way things are going, if you get seven targets, you better catch at least six of them. And that was not the case today for Kelvin Benjamin. And I don't know what we do with this guy. I don't know if he's going to have any value. I, I don't know. I put, I put some of that on McDermott. I mean, the difference between Peterman and Allen from arm speed and arm strength is so significant that I think some of these players just need a few more reps with him. And, and, and I'm not going to sell out Benjamin right now. I want to see, hey, let's give him another week. If, P, if Allen's named the starter, they're going to be practicing together. I, I, I literally I, I think guess, it's, it's I, a I different guess, game. Okay, that's fine. I, I hear that. But, Cass... My thinking on the it's matter an NFL, is... He's an NFL player. He should know. Exactly. I know. He's not, I know. not only is he an NFL player, he's an NFL receiver. Your specialty, you're one of the best 100 people on the planet at catching a football. So if it's coming at you at 45 miles an hour versus 55 miles an hour, like my expectation is like you can adjust and, and, and bring that one in. <laughs> what makes you think Peter can throw 45 miles an hour? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> no, but 28. I, so, but the thing is that this isn't the first game we've seen this from Ken, Kelvin no, Benjamin. No, exactly. Right? He's dropped a lot of passes, and he dropped passes in Carolina. Um, and that's why he had trade value, or that's why he was traded. That's tradable. why they traded him. Like, you know, this guy, he's not, he's, he might be a big-bodied receiver. He is not a sure-handed receiver. He is not a Sammy you know? Watkins. Right, he's not, exactly. And so I, I, I'm just, I'm becoming more and more disillusioned with the fact that, yeah, he might be big, but you know what? We don't need someone just for their size. We I need, need a someone that can like fight Jones, for the ball. Like Zay Jones. Zay Jones was very sure-handed today. Uh, but we need someone that can fight for the ball. That out throw towards the, uh, right by the end zone, he didn't really, you know, use his body to get the other guy out of position and the then PI. catch the ball. He got, he got the PI. Well, and so did Robert Foster, goddammit, on that play where the guy put his helmet right in his lap and well, it wasn't he should, called. That one should have been a PI. But I frankly, mean, Kelvin Benjamin should have called for the PI when he grabbed the face mask of that guy. But we'll take it. But the point is, is he doesn't muscle out the, the defender. He doesn't put himself in a position where he can catch the ball and the other guy can't make a play on the ball. I mean, and, and then when he did for that back shoulder throw, when he did put himself in that position, he, he didn't catch the ball. Or you know, so coming. what's the value of being big if you're, A, not going to catch the ball, or two, not use your body to shield off the defender? I just don't get it with Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, I know I heard a lot, but I have seen nothing. And, and we agree that that pass from, from Allen in the back of the end zone that was a fast ball. That thing came in hot. Yeah, I mean, it was so fucking nice to watch that ball come. The first throw he made, forget about the touchdown throw, that touchdown throw that should have been a touchdown. 
just the first throw. Just you see the velocity. I'm, ta I'm talking and, about the touchdown uh, throw. That should have been a touchdown throw. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that thing was cutting through the air, and it just it just bounced. It just bounced off Kelvin Benjamin. That can't, right, be, that can't used, be the case. But You're, he used his body to catch it, and you know. I mean, that's something that you learn playing Pop Warner, that you catch the ball with your hands because otherwise it's going to bounce off your, your shoulder pads, especially when it's coming in hot. Cass, coming to you now. Jenny Cremel, bummer of today's game. Um, I actually don't even know where to start. You know, I you know who I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it to Sean McDermott. Okay, he's on my list because he says, "Oh, we're all about discipline. We're all about trusting the process." And when you have a hundred plus, I think it's, did we end up at a hundred yards of penalties? At one point, we were ten. I know for 100. we were ten for a hundred. I don't know if we finished yet, but over a hundred yards in penalties. That's a joke. That's like the point of the preseason, as we're talking about it, is to not is, is to get the team gelling, is to get the guys so that we don't have a ridiculous amount of penalties. And sorry, I, I LaShawn McCoy is probably sh like in the locker room bitching out a lot of people, and he has every single right because every time he made any rush for positive yards, it came back for a holding penalty. Yeah. And it, he's, it, like every single time. And he's on my list, by the way. Uh, who, LaShawn McCoy? Yeah. I mean, I, how? Like, the, the poor guy is... I like that. I like, I like, I like how hard you went at the how there. Uh, like, I don't know. I would be pissed off if I would, every yeah, time I, I, I got a touch on the ball, I was just constantly being brought back. I agree, but Suge and I were having a sidebar during the game with LaShawn McCoy might be our best rusher, but between Ivory and Murphy, is he our most effective rusher? Yeah, I think that the one thing about LaShawn McCoy is that once you get him into space, then he makes, things, he makes magic happen, things that nobody else can do. But when it's, when it's a tight space and really all you have to do is kind of put your head down and make a quick first move and, you know, make one move and then go, right? He's a bit of a dancer, right? He's a bit of a, uh, um, what, what was the, our, our other, not CJ Reggie Spiller? Bush. CJ Spiller. No. There's another one, right? But no, but the point is McGahee. that. McGahee. McGahee, sorry. He's a bit of a McGahee. That's, that's what I meant. But, and I think that, like, you know, but, and he makes magic happen. And when there's a big hole, he can make amazing, amazing things happen. Things that the yeah. other guys just can't do. But he when, is boom when, it, when it's when or it's, bust. When like, it's yeah, when it's get the ball, find the quick lane. You need to run a half like, yards. L run like Freddie, right? That's what Murphy does, right? And Chris Ivory just bowls him over, yeah. right? So I, I mean, I do think that, w that they're great. Uh, they're all great change of pace backs. And so maybe the way to use McCoy is to put him in space. Um, touching back to the Jenny Cremail that you mentioned of McDermott, I'm gonna go on not just penalties, He's fundamentals. Our fundamentals were so shot this game. The tackling was horrible. By our defense, that's supposed to be good. There was guys just bouncing off of, uh, you know, and it's not the plays. That's the crazy thing. I have no problem with our offensive coordinator or our defensive coordinator. All the plays were good. There was a person in the, each gap, and there was no execution. M may I? And, and may I, think, I? I think we're going to turn over to Lars because he's probably going to want to talk about game <laughs> management here. I don't know. That yeah. might just be So, actually, I, I, he actually didn't make my list, but he should have. Um, and these two will attest. But usually by the time that the, the microphones turn on, because it's not happening in real time, I've, I've simmered down a bit. Uh, exceptions include Tyrod Taylor for the last three years, but he's no longer on the list. Uh, but the one thing that is the constant among most NFL coaches – and McDermott apparently is one of them as well, is the complete inability to manage timeouts in the first and second half. And 
it wouldn't have mattered. We weren't going to win this game. But we didn't call timeout at the end of the second half. We went into the second half. In the first half. Sorry. Thank you. We went into the... The, to the, into halftime after the second quarter with all three timeouts down 26 to nothing we were down 20 to nothing when the drive started and the Ravens picked up like two yards on first down right around midfield that is the time to call timeout and I don't care if it's to get other points or to get your guys lined up or whatever it is call the timeout well, and I, I think people would say, oh, we don't want to give the offense time to set, but they were manhandling us. They were in hurry yeah. up. They were in hurry up. Yep. We were having trouble substituting so guys much. in. Adolphus Washington didn't know he was supposed to be in the game. He came scrambling in, and they got a touchdown. It, it, so the game should have been 20 to nothing at the end of the first half. If we had a called timeout, got our guys lined up. Gave, gave them a breather. Gave, gave them a breather. Gave Kyle Williams probably a second to catch They've been on breath. the gut. And for no other reason, because... You don't carry them over. So use them. It's the end of the first half. I don't care if it's the middle of the first half. Use your timeouts. In the second half, don't use your timeouts. But in the first half, if you got them, use them. And if it means keeping six fucking points off the board, keep six points off the board. But we didn't. They marched right down our throats. They scored a touchdown. And then with eight seconds to go and all three timeouts, we trot out Nate Peterman to throw a five-yard comeback to Marcus Murphy. Halftime we go. Why not put in Josh Allen? You're down six to nothing. You're 50 yards from the end zone. He can throw a fastball on a line between a receiver's eyes and make the completion. But instead, we're just rolling over and taking it into the locker room with all three timeouts. That is a gutless and brainless way to coach a football team. Anyways. This rant brought to you by Lars is Angry. By my boogie. <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, but it's th not that hard. Are we playing to win? What are we doing here? Listeners, don't be afraid. There's a doctor on site. So we kind of will just let Lars do this because if need be. I can be resuscitated. <laughs> yeah, if need be, I can give him a colonoscopy. That's just about it. Or an en endoscopy, which I'm getting in, in about 10 days. Um, so, Okay. I have a couple things to say. Uh, Would somebody about, first validate me? Yes, you, you're right. You're right. I think the biggest thing is that the timeouts were not. Don't don't get us wrong. I know a lot of us just said, hey, we just want to lick our wounds and go into the half because we need to regroup. Fuck that, that shit. No, no, no. But that's not, that's not why we were saying to call a timeout. I was saying to call a timeout to prevent the touchdown. Yeah. Right. right? They were out saying. of place. They were not ready. I don't care about Nate Peter and getting the ball again. You know, it was you not about that. And they had all their timeouts, right? And they had their timeouts, and it wasn't like they were that pressed for time. No. They had play and Hell, we got the ball it, back it, without it, calling three timeouts. Exactly. Right? It so, was like a minute so 55. It was like, like they had plenty of time and three timeouts. They had, an, they had all the time they needed to actually execute their drive. So it's not like us calling a timeouts would have impaired them. The point is that you need to make sure if you get them down on the first down, you they only get two yards. Make sure that the second down, you're going to also limit them to no gain and or we whatever. Didn't. You know, or get wait till they're right lined up and you know what their play is going to be. Then call the timeout. Do something. You know, but I mean, just yeah, don't waste them. I mean, and your guys are gassed, as Cass, Cass was saying. Give them a breather. And and the thing is, is you're you're going against Flacco. So he knows what he's doing. Do something. Like, he knows how to run a two-minute offense, right? Like, he knows how to bring the ball down the field. So 
do something to kind of screw him up or to, you know, I, it, we, did, the, we didn't look like we were testing them at all. The point so calling a timeout does not give them more time. It gives us more time, but, which and, is what we needed. And, and now there's five seconds to go. Yeah. We're 50 yards from the end zone. What is the harm in putting in the kid and letting him air one out? And trying to put some fucking points on the road. What's the what's like? What is the downside? Are I, they gonna? We pick, don't have a wide receiver that can probably. Are catch they? Them? Are they gonna pick the ball off at the two yard line and run it ninety eight yards to the house? No, they would pick the ball off in the end zone because he could throw the ball okay, into they, the end zone. When they pick the ball off the, they pick it off. The, I don't care what. They're gonna get tackled with no time left on the clock. At least you tried. There is a chance that you go into halftime with the score twenty six to seven, I think, and then you get the ball back. Honestly, I think it's political. I really do. I think that he hadn't completely given up on Peterman coming back. It's, it's gutless. It's gutless. I'm sure. But I, mean, and I hate that shit. And I and I even said to you, I, I'm all for being thorough and thoughtful and meticulous in how we're coaching a football team and going about everything we do in life. No, no, no. But no. you also got to be ballsy. You can't. You can't be thorough and thoughtful and meticulous if your football team is not playing thorough, thoughtful, and meticulous. Right. If our fundamentals are yes. shot, I don't care how meticulous the coach is. He's not imparting that to his players. The other thing is that, <clears throat> you know. It's not just, you know, you said we don't have a wide receiver that can do it. It's not just Cal- Calvin Benjamin, right? Like, I mean, this is, this is crazy. We, all of our receivers are like six foot seven, right? Between we got Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas, Andre Clay. Holmes, Charles Clay. It's all Kroom. huge receivers, right? And so, I mean, I just, I, I just, yeah. So, definitely timeout management and end of game management. And also the fact that, 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 that I mean, Nate I was, Peterman I was, stayed in as long as he did, I think, was a mistake. But. I, t- I tweeted about this. I was ripshit to the extent that I, I literally punched myself in the balls. And like, <laughs> it was the greatest thing that's ever happened. I was, he was so mad, just like throwing his hands up in the air, and then went on the way down, he's like, oh, God. And I'm like, I what the one. fuck is I, wrong with you? I, like, I punched square. myself in the nuts. I'm like, what? He's like, well, look at the game. And then I'm like, you are not going to justify any situation in which it's okay to punch yourself in the nuts due to your own frustration. <laughs> Who didn't give their Jenny Cremel? Uh, I, I didn't. I, no, I did. Mine was Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin, did you give yours? Sean McDermott. And and can I just oh, yeah. c- one more thing? I'm sorry, when Deion Dawkins gets a like 15-yard was that b- personal foul or whatever and they like come off and he's just like all composed and is chatting with Deion Dawkins. I'm like, "Get in his fucking no, face." I, he, like, I think I he know. was I yeah. think he was telling him that was stupid. I think I, 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 I lip read the word stupid out of his mouth at least 3 times. I don't know. I, he he wasn't angry, but I also think that Deion Dawkins got a touch of a raw deal that he yeah, made he a did. mistake. The guy, the guy grabbed him by the throat. He was the like guy, holding him by the, and he wasn't he was like he's trying to push him away and the guy wouldn't let go of his throat. And and, and but how and, fucking awesome was right, it when and, he and, fucking hit that guy and the guy literally fell back 10 yards. But Deion Dawkins that was amazing. In, in that case had had the un Fortunate circumstance of being three times as large as the guy that he shoved. That was so awesome. So, I like, just loved it. That guy literally flew like a fucking rag. Yeah, doll. he was like, a, and that's an NFL player that he just. But loved. he was like a defensive back. I mean, yeah. like Deion Dawkins, you are the fucking man. I don't care if you got that penalty. And frankly, he shouldn't. That penalty shouldn't have existed because fucking Calvin Benjamin should have caught the ball, right? And so, and that okay, guy shouldn't have had him by the neck. Speaking of our offensive line, can we talk about how fucking well, horrible well, they have, are? And let's get, get to my Jenny Cream yeah, mail, thank you. Uh, which is Vlad fucking Dukas. <laughs> all right. First of all, I'm uncomfortable with a large African American man being named Vlad. I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all, especially with the last name Dukas. Uh, I don't. I don't get it. Uh, but he is my Jenny Cream mail bummer of the fucking week. 
Now, getting back to, to McDermott, he also made the mistake of constantly shuffling these guys around so nobody got any chemistry with each other. Yep. But yep. still, that doesn't mean you have a fucking false start. That doesn't mean you hold all the time. And getting to Shady, I mean, it's not fair. I agree with Cass. When he gets a first down and it gets called back, there's no way to judge how good of a job Shady is running if when he actually makes a run, it gets taken back and uh, taken away from him. And these guys were horrible. Uh, I mean, there was it, it was holding play all the time, or holding penalties all the time. Forget that the pass defense was horrible. Um, both yeah, quarterbacks were, were were running for their lives, and you know their value was supposed to be their run offense. And and, and I know they're playing a good defense, but uh, it was just uh, just every single time anything positive happened, the line let them down. They lost Nate Peterman's job, right? They are the reason that they're one of many reasons, but. They definitely did not help the situation. That and, and Nate Peterman should know that part of the reason he doesn't have a job is because his offensive line didn't hold up. Well, Nate Peterman still has a job. I mean, he's still on the team. He's still going to make his salary, but I completely agree. And it's not even Vlad Dikas. It's all of them. Yeah. It's them as a collective John, yeah, group. I mean, they just – and, and I, again, I bring that back to blaming Sean McDermott. Josh Allen didn't get enough reps with the ones. They have no idea, like, you know, the velocity of the ball is going to come out at him. The offensive line has no idea who's to the left of them, who's to the right of them. Because, Lars, you were saying, what's the point of preseason? Isn't the point of preseason to get all that shit set? Not that's to fair. be like, left, right, who's doing what, you know? Like, that's fair. That's the point. And we did not use the preseason to get so any of that. A couple other, um, go ahead. And, and importantly, we didn't have our center set. Even after the fourth preseason game, we didn't know who our center was, right? That's considered the other quarterback of the offense, right? That's the one who pulls out all the reads. That's the one who, who does all that, and we don't even know who our center is. So that's kind of unacceptable. Um, I will say, Sean McDermott, in regards to, like, he, you know, Josh Allen doesn't have time with the ones, Josh Allen didn't really earn time with the ones. Nate Peterman played lights out in the preseason, and so it was Nate Peterman's job to lose. It's just that... You know, not everyone could predict the fact that Nate Peterman, when it came time to real game time, was going to shit the bed the way he always has. Um, oh, can I always say one other thing about Nate Peterman? Will this fucker ever learn that he cannot throw off of his back foot or throw while getting hit? Almost every single pick in the Chargers game was him getting th throwing as he was getting hit. And his pick today was him throwing as he was getting hit. His almost pick was him throwing as he was getting hit. He does not have the arm to do that, and frankly, he doesn't have the talent to do that. So he just, I mean, I, and that's the thing that bothers me. is like he's not learned from that mistake. So and, and hold on, back to Peterman, because I, you guys still say his game presence. There are multiple times where he moved out of a pocket that we all were like, what? Why did he move out of that pocket? That felt like he, yeah. he could have kind of hung in there. And Peterman was bad. He, he, he was, was bad. And, so I just disagree wholeheartedly with you guys on him at least having the the, the brains or at least like the knowledge of the of the game. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, I, I just think. But, I, but there was there was nothing prior to today that would suggest that today would happen. Yeah, no, I I think I agree. I think Peterman does not know how to move in the pocket, Cass. I think there's a lot more than uh the, to the game than just being able to to read a defense. Right, you can know where to throw the ball, but if you can't fucking throw the ball there, then you're not an NFL quarterback. You know, so he's a great clip holder. 
a clip clipboard holder, right? He can look at a thing and say, hey, Josh, you really should have gone here. There was a narrow window. See, this guy was set up here. This guy was going to be open. You could have predicted that he was going to be open. And so that's what his value is. But it's not in throwing the ball, and it's not in getting well, – not, 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 not in running an offense, not in moving in the pocket. He doesn't have those we skills, thought it so was, I agree though. with that. We, we thought it was, and that was the genesis between uh, uh, of the uh, Twitter poll that we put out that was actually split 50-50. Is it – is it is it more valuable for an NFL quarterback to pass the ball or to run the offense? And at the time, it seemed like the obvious choice for the person who was better at running the offense was Nate Peterman. I want to give. I want to hold on though, because I'm sorry. I'm just getting back to this. Like, as a, I'm going to toot my own horn here. As a former Division One athlete that played soccer, I played defense. I played a sweeper, and I was not fast. I'm not a fa- I was not a fast player, but I knew how to position myself and where to put myself on the field. So you're the Nate Peterman of D1 soccer players. No, 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 because I at least knew my faults and my shortcomings and wouldn't put myself subject to that. And I think Nate Peterman thinks that he doesn't have any shortcomings and yet is still doing things. Or he was playing against a defense that, like two years ago against Tyrod Taylor, knew exactly what to do to make sure that what he can do, he will not have the opportunity to do. And the things that he cannot do, we'll, get, we'll let him do all day long because, you know, he will not. Yeah, a defense against Tyrod Taylor that had him on the team for four years, so they knew exactly how to game plan against him. Okay, whatever. It, it was the same game plan that we saw for the entirety of 2017. Okay, Cass, I, I enjoy your analogy. And first of all, there's nothing that you can't do. Uh, <laughs> and second of all, the difference is, despite whatever limitations you thought you had, you were a D1 player. You were a D1 player. You meant to, you were meant to be a Division One soccer player. Nate Peterman does not have an arm that makes him an NFL quarterback. He does not have that ability. It's not just about being. It's he could be a great coach. Coaches can coach, right? They can see what mistakes you made, but they can't actually throw the fucking ball right. They can't move in the pocket right. They can't scramble right. They don't have that ability. That's the physical ability side of things. And, and I think that's where Nate Peterman ultimately is lacking. We all were enamored of the fact that, oh, wow, he can run an offense. He knows he's on, in charge of everything. He can do, you know, he can say the right things. And he can, he, he can say, oh, yeah, this pass here or there against a vanilla defense. But when sh- the shit, comes to fa- shit hits the fan, with an NFL defense, you have to throw that ball in lightning speed. That's why Tyrod couldn't do it. Right, because Tyrod didn't see it quick enough, and maybe Nate Peterman sees it, but just doesn't have the arm to make that throw. So, go, go ahead, Lars. Two other <laughs> names that I've been trying to throw out here for the last ten minutes: uh, Philip Gaines. Philip Gaines uh, may be single-handedly responsible for the deficit we found ourselves in today, and we better do something about the cornerback uh, opposite Tre'Davious White because Vontae Davis was inactive today yeah and, and, and frankly i was i wasn't that upset when i heard it because Vontae davis sucked in the preseason well so i don't know what to do now i could mean it, like, could it be worse don't we had preseason's pointless bring Vontae davis back yeah i agree i'm i'm inclined to agree with Between that. that and then the other kid that gave up the touchdown um teron teron johnson johnson yeah so i mean he it was a, a clear miss it, it, maybe it was miscommunication but he let that guy just run right past him and it was a really easy touchdown and you know but yeah, Philip Gaines, like the 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 path that two second and twenty six or whatever. Yeah, I mean this guy turns left, and Philip Gaines literally does like 
a 10-yard circle to get back into position. It was bad. As opposed to, I mean, that's just bad technique. And for especially from McDermott, who harps, who's known to be a guy who can, you know, coach up a secondary, like, that technique was just horrible, you know? And well, uh, I just, the, uh, yeah, it was bad. The final name on my list here, um, and, I, and I like this guy. I, I think that he's made a lot of great plays in a Bills uniform. But he may go down as being one of the worst Bills contracts of all time. And I'm talking, of course, about Charles Clay. Yeah. Who was completely invisible today. Who we no, 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 no. He, he got a holding call. <laughs> Thank you. He, um, we thought that um, you know, we, we were in that bidding war with the Dolphins in 2014. And he's a, he's a fine tight end. He, the guy can block. He can catch. He can do all these things. But he does not do any of that stuff with the kind of impact that would warrant the money he is making. And we, we half joked about it on our last episode about how he led this goddamn team in yards last year. But he is, he is, if he's not like on the trading block for the bills right now, I'm not sure what we're doing because we obviously have no use for him. We're not, we're not going to take him. And, and what are they going to give for that guy? I mean, I mean like, I'm, I'm, I'm the sure mi- the end of his contract is bloated, or it's got to be close to. Over, I'm, I'm right? over the mind right now too. Is like, hey, who could who could benefit from Lashawn McCoy? Who wants him? Because I'm sure at this point, Lashawn McCoy wants off of this team. Oh yeah. When when he's no, I I still have faith that over time that 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 unit will gel, um, and I think that it'll be a little bit better. Uh, but I, and and we can't give up Lashawn McCoy. We can't give up our best player. Like like I mean, it's just not fair to the fan base, I right? Don't I mean. Know about that. Like, but okay. All right. Well, we gotta we gotta wrap up. Is there anyone else that, that we wanted to talk about? Nope. That's that's it from my list. Oh my we need goodness. to get our. Uh, I feel like there should be more far flung correspondence on the line and uh, give some love to our sponsor. So uh, fuck you, Nate Peterman. This is so I want I just I just want to also just touch on the fact that this is um, the thirteenth opening Sunday that the three of us have watched together. Yeah. And and this is yeah at least at least this is by far the worst. We've never had an op- oh. no. We've never had yeah, an opening. Yeah, yeah. We've never had an opening Sunday this bad. I I I was gonna say expectations. No, this I, is this is I, the I worst. I would agree. This is the worst. But I'm forty-seven not like, to three. I, but I'm I I I'm not like depressed. Like when we when we forty-seven to three yeah. in in the thirteen years that we've been oh. watching games together, we haven't even seen a lot of games. No. That have been forty-seven to three-ish. We, there, there was the the San Francisco game in two thousand twelve, which was the day after my wedding. Which thank God I wasn't here or anywhere else that watching that game. Forty-seven to three. This is this is the worst this team has looked out of the gate in as long as we've been together. Which this is the tenth year of this podcast. This is the thirteenth year of our in Bill's friendship. So hey guys, it's only looking up from here. To make that worse. Why is that? That's a problem too. It's not like they're playing the Patriots or playing the Don't fuck with our Well, it's not a Bears market, and Lord knows it's not a bull market. So today it's a Bills market. Cha-ching! 
that how we did it? Yeah. Week one for us, too. I don't remember how we did it. So here to tell us what he's buying and selling all the way from Brew City, USA, it's Buffalo Bill Belcher. Uh, oh, roll out that red carpet. Formerly of Buffalo. swept underneath you. Formerly of Buffalo, New York, is Buffalo Bill. Hey, uh, what are you buying and selling up there in Milwaukee today there, Bill? Oh, what about this game? This motherfucker is the you first about this game? He's I'll come. tell you the first thing. I'll tell you the <laughs> first thing this I'm game? buying. What, what are you buying? I'm, buying? I'm buying the decision to switch to Josh Allen. Oh, oh. Peterman was And that's a 180 for you. And I'm, I'm it really, is a 180. Yeah. So it go is on. a 180. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I think it, it's, it still goes with what McDermott's always said as we're, you know, we're trying to uh, put our put our best player in that's going to help us win the game, um, while still looking at like the long term. Um, so I think it still fits with that because at that point it was just if if Peterman had not thrown that last interception, I think they would have they would have kept going with him and let him ride it out. But once that happened, I mean, it was just like you what's, know, listen, like we need we need something else, yeah. Um, so. I'm buying that, and I'm buying I'm I'm buying the fact that we've got the the Nathan ex, Nathan Peterman experiment is going to be shorter lived than Dude, we, we anticipated, hope. We hope. or at least I anticipated. I thought maybe week six, week eight. Um, hey, real quick, Bill, be, Billy, two? Billy boy. So we've been plugged in here. I don't know if you've been listening to post game or anything. Have, has there been any indication that he's starting? Next week, as like McDermott and his presser said, like, yeah, Nate Peterman's still our starting quarterback. Has this come out yet? Uh, no. Uh, he was very, very coy about everything. He was just like, I got to look at the film. I got to look at the film. Hmm. 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 What, what do you think about that? That, that to me, sounds like, that to me sounds like, yeah, we got to put Nate Peterman back on the shelf where he belongs. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's got to be, the fact that the next game is at home, too, I think is, is helpful. You know, I mean, Peterman, it, it wasn't just – it was bad. I mean, it was really, really bad. He didn't have any first downs, right, or one first down? Something like that. He had two, none yeah. of which were throwing. So, um, I don't know. It's hard, but I think that – I mean, listen, it, let's put it this way. If Josh Allen goes in and he starts the next game and he gets down 40 to nothing, I have no problem with them putting in Peterman. I, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, no, no. So I actually see I, I see the opposite. I think that if Josh Allen goes in and is taking his licks and is making some of the throws that only he can make but is also maybe throwing a pick or two and is also just not as effective and is getting sacked and is running backwards, which he seems to have a tendency to do, I'm okay with that. That's how you learn. As long as we're not screwing him up mentally, I can tolerate seeing Josh Allen have a 40 to nothing performance. I cannot tolerate the person who is not going to be the future of our franchise have a forty to nothing, uh, uh, you know, game because there's no there's no value in that. There just doesn't make sense. At least with Josh Allen, you're giving him reps, you're letting him learn on the fly. And anyone that plays the game says you only learn by playing. And so, you know, I just don't get it. Like, if it mentally will screw up Josh Allen, then fine, we leave him out of these But it doesn't seem to be games. the case. But it does not seem to be the case. He does not seem to be the kind of guy who's going to get screwed up mentally. No, it, it it really doesn't. And now, who knows? He actually had some success. If next game he just looks like lost, like a puppy, then then maybe it's a different story, right? You can always go back 
to Paxton Nate, Lynch. Nate Peterman, right? Yeah. Right. But can but can you? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that if you feel like you're ruining Josh Allen by letting him continue to start, yeah, you can. And then, and then the we thing. just accept the fact if that this put, is a tanking season. But if you put 2018 on the shelf, you got to trade McCoy. And, and in my it, opinion, yeah. like, like that, that's not fair to him. And if if that's the case, I'm okay with it too. But there are guys. He's that, okay with it too, by the way. <laughs> being I, traded. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I I also think there is something to. Learning how to lose makes you a better winner. Like having Josh that's Allen. Like, that's, that's like your mantra. Yeah, I right? actually I actually disagree with that. Really? Because I feel like yeah. just having him. I, like I understand there's like the mental capability, but here's no. the thing: I don't want a guy who's going to be our starting starting quarterback to not be able to handle that. Like we talked about this, Peyton Manning got shellacked, but who is Peyton Manning? So Cassie, right? like, I, I don't like to I don't like to pat my own back here, but since you mentioned it before, hey. Um, also a D1 athlete, and I can tell you that, like, bar none, the worst team that I ever played on was my college team, and I was not used to playing on teams that lost, and we've talked about this in reference to the Buffalo Bills. That might have been nice, like, growing up, not being on a shitty team. Never. It was never on a shitty team. Never on a shitty team. My The basketball team that I played on, we always won at least 20 games a season. Uh, the baseball team that I played on, we were always in... The, the playoffs, the water polo team, we won the state championship. I mean, I was not used to losing. And you got to believe that these professional football players, having been at the height of their craft since they were 14 years old, are probably also not used to losing, used to losing. So uh, that, that whole idea of, like, like it's completely foreign to them. And, yeah. And it's, it's it, to take from Jarvis, we all hate you, Landry – Shit is contagious. Yeah, and and I I see that, but here's the thing: if someone's if that's going to be our quarterback, that shit's going to be contagious. And I don't want you on our team. I want to find out about that. I agree. I, I like then let's draft somebody else, and you're not going to be the future of the franchise. I don't, but because when the going gets tough. No, and Josh Josh Allen doesn't strike me as a loser. Bill, do exactly. you, are, are you with me on that? <sighs> well, did he ever really win the big games in college? No, he didn't. And I mean, and that's 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 the one thing is that there's a couple things about Josh Allen that I think about is that one, I don't think he's going to be hold rattled on, by, me, by me, having. I, I, hold I, on. I, let me just let me right, hold, on, ahead, hold, on, ahead, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That dude got in the face of a defensive lineman on the opposing team's sideline. Yes. Okay. I loved it. Can you loved picture it. EJ Manuel doing that? Can you picture <laughs> Trent Edwards doing that? I can picture no. Fitzy. Fitzy would do it. Fitzy would do, exactly, because Fitz is not a loser, goddamn it. Because Fitz has 300 yards and four touchdowns Fitz today. Fitz had 400 well, yards and three touchdowns and a rush. To, no, Josh Allen is not a loser. No, no, I, I, I guess he, the, the one thing. I don't think he has a loser's mentality. I think he no, he does not. I, I, I agree with that. And I think that the other thing is that when he is, when we talk about the fact that, oh, you know, if, if the offensive line is horrible, you shouldn't put him out in there. Has anyone looked at Wyoming's offensive line while Josh Allen was playing? That motherfucker was running for his life the entire dime, the entire time. I think that he's used to having no offensive line and having to scramble and having to do that all the time. That's why he's gotten good at scrambling. And so, and I don't think that the game moves too fast for him, you know? But back to Bill for a second. So you're buying the decision to move to Josh Allen. We yeah. lost 47-3. to What are you selling today? Well, hold on. I got someone else to buy, and that's Sujit's uh, analysis and obviously game film watching of the Wyoming, uh, all the Wyoming games. The Wyoming Cowboys? The offensive line. 
<laughs> you have nothing to do the entire offseason, okay? What are you going to do other than watch Josh Allen? Because it's the only good thing that had happened the entire what are you offseason. S- what are you selling up there, Billy? There's, there's got to be plenty to sell today. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i selling our ability, our offensive line's ability to, uh, to, to hold anyone to off. To do anything. To do anything but hold. I guess. Yeah. You know what I'm you know else I'm selling this fucking bullshit is all these flags. How many flags were there? Thirty? Too many. I mean, my gosh. And it's I feel like it's Ed Hockley's son. First game, you know, he wants to be like a stickler to all the rules and it's like, hey, yeah, there's holding in every play, bro. You don't need to always call it. Or at least you call it on the other team as much as you call it on this team. Oh, uh, you yeah. do if, the, but unless they're not holding, right? Like I mean, our, our offensive line's a fucking mess. So hey, Billy, I, I, I will see you next weekend in the Pacific Northwest. I don't think yes. you, I don't think you'll be available for the podcast. I will be, um, but yeah, what what? So sorry, I'm a little sidebar here in front of everybody. I else. will be. I will be available. I'm uh, I'm gonna be there watching the game. Oh, good. What time do you get in on Friday? Friday, I get in. I'm at assuming like we're cutting this out of the podcast. You get in at 10 a.m. on Friday. Okay, good. All right, we'll we'll count you in for dinner plans right now that we're uh, going to meet up with the Roskowskis. In the meantime, wait, what the fuck are y'all doing? Give a big hug. We got a wedding in Spokane next weekend. Okay, more importantly, Bill, what are you drinking? Yeah, thank you. Yo, guys, I've been drinking a lot of beers lately. Let me tell you <laughs> that much. And I've I've mixed it up a lot, and it's funny because I've I keep gravitating toward. Uh, Solemn Oaths beers, they're really good. Yeah, they are. It's a great brewery. Had a Naperville. Yeah, and they just churn out delicious beer after delicious beer. I mean, I really enjoy all of theirs. The one that I'm drinking right now is called White Van, and it's a dry hopped Belgian style white ale. Uh, Belgian, okay. No, but it's like sounds like something I would like. You're like now you're good. you've been drinking a lot of beer, and you know what? Your your taste buds are starting to come down towards the Jeff Day Cassie Hutton category. Wow. Okay, let's wow. not go that wow. far. It's still dry well, hopped, right? It, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm still, still thinking about your boobies. <laughs> what is going on? Normally, I'm the one that makes <laughs> inappropriate comments about boobs, and I've made none today. All right, here's the uh, here's the one thing. I don't see boobs. For everyone that <laughs> needs to understand about hops. Um, dry hopping gives you fragrance and florality. That's not what dry hopping gave me in high school. I know. Oh, <laughs> snap. Made the cookie. And wet hopping gives you the bitterness. Okay? All right, enough. That's it. Enough. And you know what, Bill? I'm... Why have you not talked about New Glarus and Moon Man or any of the good stuff that they're doing up there? Because he takes it for granted. Yeah, I know. You're Wisconsin. I want, I want some of these local brews that we can't get, man. Capital. He talks about, about some of the local stuff. He mostly All right, I'll local tell you stuff. something else. So we've got an uh, American Pale Ale by uh, Carbon 4, which is out of Madison. Lars, you know it. It's from Fantasy Factory. Billy Remember? loves him in APA. That much I know for sure. Uh, in this beer, it's called Belly Bongos. Ooh. And it reminds me of Liam because he's got a belly, a nice little belly. <laughs> he's not coming to Spokane next weekend, is he? Oh, no. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. Hey, Bill, if you had a chance, try the Brickstone APA. Um, yeah. It's, it's built on the on, on the backbone of like being like a zombie dust. Uh, oh, so it's I see from, that a lot. It's here. from Brickstone. It's very, very popular, and it's 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 just one of those really solid beers. Well, Billy, can't wait to see you next weekend. Until then, uh, we'll touch base after the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna hightail it back here so I can be on the podcast in time for the game. But until then, go Bills.
Go Bills. Later, guys. So this podcast uh, brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the best way to bet online for sports this season. Uh, I have not placed any bets this season, but I know a couple of you have. It's a great way to make some money. I did not do very well last season. Uh, but if you use the promo code BEERS, that's B-E-E-R-S, uh, you'll get a 100% match on your first deposit, which is not which is not nothing. I think I just want to do it to use that. Just type in BEERS. That's fun. I was telling uh, you, and I almost like put you in a chokehold last time we did a, 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 a podcast that, like, if you didn't bet the over on the six and a half wins for the UB Bulls for the 2018 season, you have walked away from free money. And if that's the case, you could have used my bookie to do that, and you could have gotten free money in your back pocket. Guess what? One of us did that. Yeah, and you're, you're going to be $81 richer because I am, you did it. I am going to be, and thank you, Lars, for pushing me over the top and kind of making that available. I appreciate it. I've actually still got some cash in my bookie, but I am losing it quickly because I love to bet on tennis. I'm not very good at it, and golf. Did you bet on Serena? No, I was so close, and that's a whole other subject. You want a point of view on that? I kind of do. It. I actually do. So use this opportunity to give us a POV on, on uh, Serena. On Serena? Um... The whole gender thing is BS because you know what? Yeah, I agree. A dude would come off and he'd get in the guy's face. And you know what he'd do then? He'd walk away. He'd set it down. He'd be over it. Not a female. Got to go back after it again. Oh, got to go after it again. Got to go after it a third time. Like, she she just needs to I, I that's fine go after it and then be done with it. But it, it, she has a history of going after it too. Exactly. Like, this is not the first and, time that- and not letting up. And not letting up. And I I'm sorry. That's fine to go after it, but she was totally in the wrong. And I'm the the ref, the ump, the whatever, he was in the right. He handled it 100% correct. The only thing I will give her is the class act that she did during the trophy presentation by saying, hey, getting the crowd not to boo, and by saying that this was a moment for Osaka. Yeah. Uh, and and that, was, that was a moment. I, I give her credit there. But up until there, let it go. Like, yeah, go after him and then let it go because you know what? That is a gender difference, and that's what a guy would do. He'd go after it, and then he'd let it go. I don't know. I, I, I don't think John McEnroe did it that often. I think he kept it going, right? Like, that was what – there was people that were famous for that shit. Like, but other than Boris Becker that got penalized for it, it didn't happen. Like, I'm not saying that she should have kept going because I think it hurt her in the end. But, like – you know, and she said some. She did say some really inflammatory shit. Like you'll never, you'll never officiate on my court again. But that's the thing. Like, like, I, I think like a, it's kind of stupid. A, there's a subjective analysis here. Right, but I mean, John McEnroe used to be like, "You're a fucking asshole," and you know. But, that, but, he, but he wasn't calling into question the referee's ability to, to right, call the game. Right. No. No. I, I agree. I, I do think that she made it all about her. Now, I think the reason she was so pissed off, this was the French Open, right? The U.S. Oh, this is the U.S. Open. No, the French was all the controversy. Right, over her the, clothes. For some reason, I thought it was the same thing. So I was like, oh, maybe no. she's just pissed off about what's you know been transpiring. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Are you got any you know, money? Now, now, Venus Williams, actually, of that same official, her sister, she also got uh, dinged for coaching from the sidelines. So, maybe, so she's it's not, not like, maybe he's not sexist. Maybe he's just a racist. Yeah, either a racist or he just likes calling out coaches. But. Hey, uh, are you you got anything going on my bookie? Uh, yeah, I do. I, uh, I I lost two games that I really should not have lost. The Bills were had an eight plus 
I I I gave plus. I gave a coworker the go ahead on eight plus. Ain't nobody seeing no forty-seven to three no, happening. Okay? No, 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 no. And no. then fuck you, Steelers. <laughs> fuck you. You were negative. I think negative three. I was like, on the, the Steelers road. are going to beat Cleveland by more than three points. It's Tyrod fucking Taylor. Right? You almost tie-rotted it. But, of course, the Steelers did what they do when they are fucking up, and they turned the ball over five times, which is why this was even a game. Uh, and so, yeah, I lost those two bets, uh, but I did win uh, the Cincinnati Bengals um, plus two. Yeah, they were plus two. They weren't minus two. They were plus two, despite the fact that nobody had any idea what Andrew Luck would look like. He looks okay so far, but uh, and I'm still waiting on my Seahawks bet. Well, I got a $1.88 in my, my bookie account, so I... I will say the Steelers screwed both of us because I took the under at 40 and a 21 to 21 tie <laughs> is literally what screwed me. Well, that's what you get. My bookie, you uh, you play. But it sure as hell was easy to make those bets. You 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 bet, you play, you win, you get your money. MyBookie.ag, use the promo code BEERS, 100% match on your first deposit. Well, that sound means it's time for Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Calientes. I love some taquitos. As we all know, Tacos Calientes is Tex-Mex for hot takes. And here with the Tacos Mas Calientes is Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas. Well, hey, Jeff, how's it going? Hey, Jeff. We we can't sponsor this uh, segment due to uh, uh, congratual and uh, contractual obligations. But we'll get into that later, probably probably about 18 months from now. Uh, in the meantime, Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas. This was a 43, 40, excuse me, 47 to 3 opening day loss. Oh. So if you've got Tacos Calientes for today's game, this would be the best time to have Tacos Calientes. The floor is yours. Go ahead, my man. Oh, gosh. Where to, where to begin? I mean, we, we wait around for months and months and months for the season opener. We get so excited. So much anticipation, and uh, and then we get this turd dropped on us. Although I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I think um, I think my my, my uh, tacos calientes numero uno is sort of exactly that, which is um, you know I think we've collectively all said, and Lars, I know you are you've been sort of shouting this from the rooftops as well at the end of last season, which is. Um, we may we have to expect that this may go this may go worse before it gets better. Yep. And uh, and thank and you, today, thank you by the way for regrounding me because I forgot that I had said that over and over. Again. <laughs> you know, and and who, we'll see where the rest of the season goes, but at least uh, today's game was certainly indication of that, which is that we uh, we may be in for a long season. Um, and you know, I I was saying to someone the other day. This is the first season, and I said this prior to today's game. This is the first season in probably 20 years where I feel like I have not been convinced at the beginning of the season that we were going to go make a deep playoff run. (laughs) And and all of those past seasons, even even though we obviously we've been uh, have not had a good team, I was convinced in the off season. I was convinced prior to the beginning of the season that we were a good team and we were going to make. This season, for whatever reason, I'm not sure exactly why. I know I exactly that, why. Yeah, I think some of that was on display today. Um, 
going into this season for the first time ever, maybe it's maturity, maybe it's rationality, maybe it's stupidity. I finally said, you know what? I have my expectations properly set for this Buffalo Bills football team. If we're good, I'll be pleasantly surprised. We may be bad. And so today's 47-3 trouncing, while disappointing, still fun because that was my first time really having a good time at a Bills bar in Austin, Texas. It was hey. not... It was not surprising to me. Um, it was disappointing, but not surprising. And I guess that is sort of Tacos Calientes number one, which is the, ex- the expectations have to be reasonably set. And this may be a long year for us. Would it surprise you to find out that the Bills have not lost by 44 points or more since 1990? Wow, it would. Very How did we so. lose in 1990? That's when we were good. All I know is I, I, just, I just ran a search, and, I, and I, I could have messed up this query a little bit, so I'll, I'll, I'll try it again because I could be wrong. But, I, I, like, honestly, I'm, I'm searching the deep recesses of my mind from 2004, which was the year that I've watched every Bills game since, and I can't remember a 44-point differential. Mm. But I, I run the query now, and since 1990... We have not lost the game by 44 points or more. The, the crazy mm. thing is, is, like Lars was saying, this is like the worst game. And I'm like, it, I, I agree. Scoreboard-wise, it was the worst. Emotionally, I don't know. I think I was like set up like you were saying. My that's expectations what the are crazy tempered, part is. Right? Like, that's the crazy part. Is that like That's the glimmer in the poop. <laughs> right? This is what I'm saying. Josh. Josh. Or sorry, not Josh. <laughs> I wish, wish you were <laughs> we Josh Allen. It would be really cool if we just had him on the line. Uh <laughs> I would, now I want to call him Jay. What the my fuck name is his is name? Jeff. Jeff. My name is Jeff. <laughs> right. Jeff. I mean, I yeah. know we have We've been friends. We've been friends time. for like roughly like 17 years. We're getting there. Uh, all right. Listen. Question. Uh-huh. Would you still be unhappy? Would you still like not feel bad if Nate Peterman had finished this game? I would have been fine if Nate Peterman finished the game. Only. Would you feel only- the same way you feel now? I think I would have been, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I mean, I, though I'm happy, and we'll get into this, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it, it feels like that was the, that was the beginning, the end, and the middle of the Nate Peterman era. Um, so, hold on, i got to correct myself. Since 1980. Okay, now that makes sense. One game, the Bills have lost by 44 points or more. That was 2007 when the New England Patriots ran over us 56 to 10. Since 1980. Wow. This is the, impressive. This is That's the, impressive. This is the second worst point differential. And, oh, and, and, and to Suja's point, it doesn't feel that way. When it we does talk, not feel that way. When we talk about the gut punch that was the 2005 or 6 uh, Cowboys Monday night game, the 2009 uh, New England Patriots Monday night game, the Baltimore game, the Sean Nelson game where he fumbled, like this does not feel as severe as those games. No, no, those and are, those yet are... this was this was the worst Bills loss in more than ten years, and the second most in thirty-eight years. You know what? Bill missed it. I'm buying that low. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So hey, here's I'm the he, here. go ahead. Sujit, I was I was I was just I was thinking about your question as you answered, and I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict what I said earlier. You're I would not be as happy I don't or as okay as I am right now if Nate Peterman finished the game. There was something about the fact of when Josh Allen came in the game and 
and a sort of a recognition that, wow, that did not work. Wow, we need to, you know, obviously the game was out of hand. It was not a, it was not a, it was not certainly going to change the, the outcome of the game. But good God, just to give me a glimpse of something different, of maybe what the future could be. I don't know. You know, the whole bar certainly erupted in applause when he came in. And, you know, I think it was a three and out when he first started. Maybe not. I can't recall. It was um, because because what's-his-face dropped the ball, I think. Uh, no, I thought he ran for two first downs. Not in his first possession. Not in the first, okay. But, Jeff, it's, it's very analogous to how Peterman came in against the Chargers last year. It wasn't because Peterman was the better quarterback. It was because we have to see what else we have other than this guy Tyrod. And that's why Josh Allen came in today. It wasn't because he was the better quarterback. It was because it was because Nate Peterman isn't good enough. And this is coming from admittedly <laughs> Eat the that crow. Eat Nate, that crow, bitch. Eat that crow. I'm, not eat, I'm eat, not eating shit. The the biggest Nate Peterman supporter there is. Oh, I mean, I guess and I guess that's, you know, Tacos Caliente's Dumero Deuce is like has there ever been a player with a bigger delta between preseason performance and in -ga and real game experience? And no, real game? no. And I Jeff, mean, Jeff that, that, that actually led us to the question: What the fuck is the point of preseason games? That's if, exactly right. If if Nate Peterman can look that way in a preseason game, and in his now three starts, okay, where he hasn't finished a game, he has not managed to finish a game in the three games he started. Oh. Mm. He can't. Oh, like, he can't get it. Oh. But in the preseason, he's what eighty-two percent, like nine yeah. touchdowns, three thousand yards. Like, what, like, what's the point of preseason if he can do all that shit and then he can't finish? He's zero for three in finishing games that he started. I've never thought about it that way. It's, I'm literally laughing here. You know the what? The fact that he has started three, he's been unable to finish. Any of the three games he started, oh, God, I feel bad for the guy, but he is just a I feel bad for him, too, but, like, what's yeah. the point of the preseason if you can be the greatest quarterback who's ever graced God's earth during the preseason, but you can't finish a regular season game? I'm, I'm calling him 7-Eleven <laughs> from now on because he's never closing. <laughs> can we get – can we get – can we just take a moment to recognize the fact that this poor son of a bitch, the first game he ever played in the NFL as a rookie – was against a crazy Chargers defense. On then the road. Then he played the fucking Snow White game. <laughs> and then he played a rainy game against the fucking Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> like, like there's not, a, there's not a lot of things that could go worse if you're not a good quarterback, right? But now, I hope he's our backup in perpetuity. I, I, I hope he's our quarterback's coach. <laughs> I think he'll be really great as a quarterback's coach. He should just never, ever, ever I hope touch that a football again. in 2050, again. he's still with the organization. But and, and he's teaching a segment on mental toughness. Yeah. Because I would take that one. Because he's got that shit in spades, but he can't play. <clears throat> Jeff, every journalist, every journalist had this had this story. They've been dreaming about it. They've been writing it in their yes. brain. Yes, yes. So everybody's been writing about the story that everyone wanted to tell. It's the comeback kid. It's the, you know, uh, mental toughness. Blah, 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 blah. Everyone wanted to write that story. Fans wanted it, and media wanted even more. And instead, we just doubled down. I, I feel so badly for the guy. He's a broken man. He will never be able to play in the NFL. So never he, again. Does, does, does he start next week? That interception was damning. That does second he, interception was bad. So does he start next week? Does he go four for four for games that he started and can't finish? 
I, I cannot imagine any scenario, quite honestly, in which he starts next week. I just cannot imagine how 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 McDermott like can can justify that to the team, quite honestly. So so, but uh, but the, who knows? But the reverse is like, okay, is Josh Allen ready to start? I don't think so. Right. right. Clearly not. But none of these guys. Logan are ready Thomas. To start. Logan Thomas. Uh, Jeff, here's my question. <laughs> Paxton right? Lynch is still out there looking for jobs. Nobody cares if. Do you think that we will harm Josh Allen by allowing him to start against a bad defense? But we're not in the San Diego Chargers. It's a good defense. What? No, well, yeah, but Nate Peterman threw five picks and got destroyed last time he played the San Diego Chargers. So I know Joey Bosa is in the walking cast, you told me earlier. Correct. But it's still, it's still the San Diego Chargers defense. They, right. they don't suck. So the, 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 the big question that we had, right, the reason we didn't just start Josh Allen, because we, we knew all of our quarterbacks sucked as of right now, is that we didn't want to ruin Josh Allen. We didn't want to, you know, uh, E.J. Manuel, uh, uh, Josh Allen. Or De- David Carr. That's or David the- Carr, Josh Allen, right? So the question is, in our opinion, Josh Allen has a different mental fortitude uh, and seems to not be scared of pressure, not be scared Dude, of the challenge, nails. right? Like, he, he doesn't seem to, like, the game's too fast for him. He makes mistakes. He doesn't read defenses perfectly. But when he gets going... Like, he was fine. And you know what? That fucking team electrified around yeah. him. Yeah. When they yeah. saw that ball coming out like that, wide receivers suddenly like, shit, I'm going to run this route and he'll get the ball to me. Right? Yeah. They so- knew that when they ran that route and they were only open for a split second, Nate Peterman wouldn't get that ball to him. So the question I have for you is, do you think we will ruin, if Josh Allen loses the next four games in miserable fashion, but he gains valuable experience, do you think we will ruin Josh Allen? So hold on that for a second. Because one thing I want to—I uh, just have a big ass preamble. Let him. I know, answer the I know, question. I know. I want him to answer the question, but one thing I want to highlight <laughs> is that we had we had today, and we we commented on it. It was like the Brandon Tate play last year, and what was that—the the Buccaneers game or something like that. That w- there was a play today where Josh Allen took a late hit, and there was like four guys oh, on yeah. the offense running at the ref. Tywan like, Jones was like, right throw there. Throw the flag! Throw the flag! Throw the flag! And it, it, it had that feeling of, like, everybody's got this dude's back. Everybody wants this guy to succeed. And everybody is, like, dialed in, and they, they have this guy's back, and they, they are really watching out for the kid. Whereas when Nate Peterman was in there, I think they just they're actually like, opened up holes, and they're, they're like, no, hit him, hit him. They're, like, praying for a concussion. Okay. So, so Jeff, go ahead and answer this question. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the moment that we traded A.J. McCarron away – the, for the, 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 it was a signal that the organization was was expecting to and was comfortable with Josh Allen likely stepping into the starting position at some point early in his career. And thus, they felt that he had the mental fortitude, strength, whatever it is that you were describing, to not be broken by a year in which he doesn't go out and win a bunch of games. So, and I agree with that. Yes, I think he will be fine. I mean, this is, this, this is, the Buffalo Bills team is on, on, in whole is not a particularly talented football team. Not even close. Right? This is not a talented team. This is not a situation in which, like, all the pieces are there, and now we have the quarterback, and if he doesn't make it work, it's because of him. That is that is not the narrative of this team. That is That was not how the story will be told. And so I think because of that in particular – you know, there's a lot. There's a, there's a more willingness to start him versus someone. I don't. I mean, I don't know if you look at somebody like uh, the Browns come to mind. They actually have a lot of talented pieces, 
except for the quarterback. And, yet, know, and, and the, yet they couldn't pull it out today. Right. Yes. Mm. I mean, we, have, we were Has sitting at that bar watching, watching the end of that game, and we said to ourselves, I would rather go 3-13 and with Josh Allen or Nate Peterman than 8-8 eight and eight with Tyrod Taylor. 100%. Hundred percent. I don't know. I would rather go three and thirteen with Josh Allen. I don't know. About, or That's you mean you mean saying. you mean a slash like Nate Peterman yes. slash no, Josh saying, Allen? Yes. Okay, we're gotcha. Gotcha. Go three gotcha. And yes, hundred percent. Yes. Sorry. Right. I mean, it's the slash. It's Nate Peterman. Obviously starts, and then per Lars's observation earlier, obviously in, at seven eleven can't close. Never no, that close. was Cass. Uh, Cass gets all credit okay. for that. That was Sorry, that was Cassie. that Sorry, was Cass. that was a. Brilliant stroke of. So the the the, the question is, uh, you don't think you'd be broken? You think you'd be doing okay? And I think it is important to point out that this is not a talented Bills team around him, right? This is the team that he's played around for the past four years, right? That's what that's what Wyoming's team was. Yeah, right. 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 That's what yeah. Wyoming. Wyoming had no talent around him, and when he got out of the game, when he wasn't playing, they were horrible. They were at least respectable at times. Could they win the big games? No, because he didn't have anyone around him, right? And so that's what it'll be now, right, is that the only thing is that the next few games are against really tough teams. Yeah. And so, like, that that was my only question. But it seems, to me, in my opinion, I think, he'll be, I think he's going to be okay. Jeff, what are you drinking down there in Austin today? Uh, today, I was, so uh, shout out to the uh, a new Buffalo Bills bar in Austin, Texas. Uh, what happened to the old one? Uh, the old, the, actually, the old bar closed down. No uh, kidding, the Rattler. The rat, the Rattle Inn closed down. Uh, not sure why. Um, did they at least? There, did they at least like? Uh, did the bartender come with? I don't think anybody came with. Uh, you know who I'm so, talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes, yes, no. She, yeah, she. I would have remembered if she came with. I did not see her today. Um, but. Uh, no, shout out to the Buffalo Bills Bar Parlor and Yard in Austin. Got a great turnout. Uh, probably my favorite moment of the day was uh, sometime in the third quarter when the Bills had their first first down of the contest. Oh, that was in the uh, third quarter, correct? Yep, the third quarter. Uh, the bill, the, the bar really erupted at, at, into the into the shout song um, after the first <laughs> first down, which I appreciated and it made me think of it made me think fondly of Lincoln Station. That's how um, low our season is, and I will have to say that we may have done a. Hey, here are the bars. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. So uh, so this bar has a Labatt Blue. They have a Buffalo Bills drink specials. Um, you can tell Ben these things. Uh, but they have uh, $3 Labatt Blues. Uh, they have some well drinks. And then they have $5 fireball shots, which I did not I did not get into today, although the way the season's going, that, that may be a thing. Not, um, not a great deal for fireball. Not a great deal. I feel like that's pretty uh, – I feel like that's an above-average price for this regular um, – <laughs> But no, today, uh, today just stuck with Labatt Blue. So you know, it was, uh, it was the first time at the, this new Bills bar, and uh, they had the special going, and so had a bunch of Labatt Blues and met some new fellow fellow Bills fans, and uh, we had a little bit of camaraderie over the new punter. That was probably yeah, Bohorowy. Uh, Boho, Blowy, what's his name? Bohorowy. <laughs> no idea what his guy's KGB. Name is. He's a KGB operative. Couldn't have been higher on him until we muffed a punt and screwed up a field goal. But yeah, hey. that, that is totally your fault. You were like singing his praises yeah. in the, literally the next play with him on the field is when he muffed a punt. Um, but, uh, but no, that's what I was drinking down here today. Hey, uh, so we're going to miss you next weekend up in Spokane, but I hope we'll see you soon, bro. Hey, guys, uh, it'll be a fun season. We'll continue to do this, and uh, we'll, uh, until next week, go Bills. Go Here's Bills, Josh baby. Allen. Go see Josh. Go Josh. Bye. Bye. 
Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. This is Buffalo. Uh, excuse me. I always fuck this part. This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. And for me, I was having uh, Labad Blue for most of the Sunday. And then when we switched to recording mode, I went over to the Beguile. Wish you were clear. The triple IPA, 10.5%. Excuse me, 10% and a 10.5 ounce. They say 10.5, like, but I still get the same, like, tulip glass that they give the 8-ounce pours, whatever. Uh, juicy triple IPA. It is uh, hoppy. It is potent. It is good. I am a member of the uh, Beguile uh, Growler Club. That was my birthday present. I get one free growler a month. Uh, so if you're anywhere outside uh, the Chicago area and you see any beer from the good people at Beguile, I highly encourage you purchase it. I, I'm going to step in there because uh, Beguile is actually next door to another great brewery called Dovetail. Which, which, is, which would have a lot of beers that you like that I don't like. Love them. They're German-based. They're all about, you know how the Germans do it. Very excellent brewery in my perspective. Um, so if you ever have a Beguile or have a chance to get out to Beguile, you have to step by Dovetail as well. They're and, like literally next door neighbors. And every Memorial Day, the two breweries do an outdoor kind of like out, outside party kind of thing. And they have an Oktoberfest festival coming up on uh, October 6th. Oh, that's my anniversary. I'll be there. Uh, so I will say that uh, Lars probably has had more than one of his ten and a half ounce beers because uh, they're all ten and a half ounces. The tulip holds ten and a half ounces. I don't know what you think about eight ounces. No one's serving a juice cup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, but I am right there with him. I had two. Um, I had uh, Labatt Blue Light uh, during the during the second half because I was trying to not drink during the, the game and then this shit got so painful. I was like, you're why daddy drinks. Uh, yeah. Alright. So I moved on though to the um, another actually really high alcohol beer, but very good. The Oracle by Bell's, which is another amazing Midwest brewery. So if you have an opportunity to have a Bell's Two Hearted, or certainly a Bell's Hop Slam, um, or the Bell's with Oberon, Oberon. Uh, you definitely should do that. But this is really good too. This is an Imperial IPA, uh, high alcohol, ten point four, um, and it's a West Coast style double IPA. And I mean. I miss me some West Coast style IPAs. I'm not gonna lie. Everyone's get the hazy IPA. Everyone's got the New England style IPAs. Ugh, I just miss the good San Diego beers. So, uh, so this was this was a welcome, welcome, welcome uh, addition to me. So, Cass, there was an opportunity today to do the Hoppy Kolsch. Yeah, I stayed away from that. Ah. Uh, it's an oxymoron. Hoppy Kolsch, come if, on! If it's still on the menu next week, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. All right, you, uh, she'll give us a taste. Um, you know what I did today? Yes, I, did, I did I did two things today. I had my first PSL, pumpkin spice latte. No, I did, I did. We got up, walked the dog this morning. It was a crisp, it's not October. Crisp, clean air. No. It is September. No, you don't and, do pumpkin uh, shit until October. It, it, and did the PSL? <laughs> and you know what else I did? I did the Great Lakes Oktoberfest. Oh, wow. So uh, it's said here that it's got kind of a light caramel and toast. You know what? It was excellent. It's a little bit of a darker beer, a um, little bit heavier, but the caramel and the, the toasty atmosphere, um, I could, I totally enjoyed. So enjoyed that. So it's the uh, Great Lakes Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's, it's about to be a good time for you. All the Oktoberfest beers are coming yeah. out, huh? Yeah. All right. I, I can do Oktoberfest. So... Uh, again, forty-seven to three. It was a big piece of poop. 
And uh, we have with us a uh, gastroenterologist. Is that is that accurate to call you a hepatologist? A uh, yes, I, I am formally a gastroenterologist, although I do not see GI issues. I'm just a liver person. So you encourage but, you encourage people to study their own poop. Yeah, here's the thing. It's really weird to me because you know because I'm trained in in, in, in gastroenterology or GI as we call it. Uh, we spend a lot of time talking about poop. Uh, people have a belly pain and people have this or that. And even if I'm just, you know, seeing them from other stuff, they bring it up. And of course I know how to talk about it. And so I'm like, well, you know, Hey, what's your, what's your, what's your bowel movement look like? You know, is it, do you have, do you have hard stools? Uh, and they're like, no, not really. I was like, well, does it come out as little pellets or does it come out as a formed piece or is it soft or hard or whatever? Is there any blood in it? People have no idea. That's a bad sign, right? People have no idea. People are like, I don't know, I don't look at it. I was like, what do you mean you don't look at it? I don't understand. Who doesn't look at their poop? And here right before me is Lars Weborg. Doesn't look at his poop. What? You don't look at your poop. I, where did you get that from? I thought you just said you don't look at your poop. I did not say that. Oh, you do? Okay, I good. I am a poop looker. He's a poop looker. Cassie, you look at your poop? Definitely do. Okay, that's normal. See, this is why you're my Bills fan. It's also helpful. It's helpful, right? And so anyways... There's a lot of people who just don't look at their poop. And you know what they're missing? You know what they're missing? The day that your daughter, like, puts a sprinkle of huh? glitter into your, like, coffee or messes around. And, of course, you know Jeff's day is going to call right now in the middle of my thing. Um, so, uh, anyway, so the reason that that's special is because if you look around and look at your poop on the day that your daughter puts glitter in your coffee or whatever... Because she wants you to be a unicorn. It'll be be sparkly. You get to see the glimmer in your poop. Today, today we saw the glimmer in our poop. This was the worst season opener that I can remember. You're calling Josh Allen the glimmer in the poop. He's the glimmer in the day that this was poop. So today we had the worst opener that I can recall ever. Yeah. And sure enough, I'm not upset because I got to see that fucking rocket arm of Josh Allen. I got to see him be able to move an offense that was not moving at all. I got to see some really great stuff. So I say to you, gentlemen and lady, what is the glimmer in the poop of your life? Of my life? Yes. Of my life. Of your life. Like, what's bad, but there's this one thing that just makes it so good. Okay. uh, Yeah, this is easy for me. Um, So, like, life is pretty good. I, I I got a great son. Uh, I love my wife. Uh, we we own our own place. We live in the city. I got no payments left on my car. Uh, you know, I, I think that would I'd rather be in a, a, a more uh, a, 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 a higher point of leadership in my company. But I just joined them, so I don't really care. I'll just do my day to day and get there. You know the you know what the you know what the silver lining is though. It's being a six foot three inch, two hundred ten pound white man with a full head of hair, and knowing that, given that, uh, my backstop is pretty generous. So that is. Wait, the, what's the poop? My poop is like anything that's going wrong in life. It's just like completely offset by the fact that I am uh, I have white privilege, basically. <laughs> this motherfucker right here. Which which one of you voted for Trump? <laughs> it sure sounds like hey, you did. I, he sounds like I'm woke. Is what okay. it sounds like. Okay. It sounds like I, I, rec- I am a short, I, I rec- fat Indian man, okay? <laughs> I rec- fat no more. Fat no I more. I mean, you were down like 
50 yeah, pounds? You, yeah, you were slim as hell. Emotionally fat. I recognize the inherent flaws in the system and understand that they work in my favor. So, you know, that's that's the silver lining wherever I go. And I always tell Henrik this. That's my son who looks like he's also on his way to having a full head of hair. That like, hey, man. Let's hope so. He's an infant. <laughs> And also because He's his, not an and, and his wife is or his wife his his mother's Armenian, so uh, you know hair is going to be plentiful for him. But I, I, he has a meltdown. I tell him, hey, hey, man, hey, you're a white male with two professional parents with graduate degrees. Everything's going to be okay. It's okay. He doesn't understand this yet, but we go over it and over it. And, and someday, probably like 25 years from now, he'll understand. But I'm at the point of my life now. We're like, yeah, yeah, like my floor. Is pretty high. I can't believe this just happened. <laughs> I'm just saying. I can't believe that Lars, my liberal ass friend, decided that white privilege was what he was going to choose. Hey man, hey, I call him like I see him. I can't mention any poop yet. He just said, "Here's my glimmer. Here's my glimmer." I because it, yeah. it, all things considered, there's not a lot of poop. There's not a lot of poop to go around because because again, six foot three white male. Relatively in shape, full head of hair, like you know, there's not a lot of poop. I, not, not a lot of poop to go around. I hate to follow this, but I live a pretty damn good life as well. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, not a lot of poop over here. Um, but I will say, I I did start a new job, and my biggest downfall is uh, the number of vacation days. You care too get. much? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 no. Oh, oh, yeah. So my new company isn't closed between Christmas and New Year's. So in order to be in Colorado during that time, I'm going to have to take those as vacation days. And unfortunately, that means that probably this trip to Paris. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And also that means, you know, over the next, you know, I, I envision having a career at this company. And the glimmer of hope that I have is the fact that, you know what, we got a lot of games to go left in this season, and I have a glimmer of hope that in my 10th year of service at this company, I get an eight-week sabbatical. Coming to you now, Suge. Fully paid. Here you go, Suge. <laughs> the guy with the funny name with the dark collection. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? You know what? Here's the problem. <laughs> we just lost so many listeners. <laughs> no, we didn't. We're Buffalo is- Bills fans. You, that's there you go. We're not Arizona Cardinals. There you go. Fans. You that is why you guys are Buffalo Bills fans. And that is why your view of your life is so good. Because you spend so much of your life so fucking miserable rooting on this team that had a fucking opener that was 47 to 47 fucking 3. To three. And yet we are able to find the glimmer of shit just literally everything else in life right, right so it makes the rest of your life so fucking good right you're like well it's better than when i was watching that bills game and nate peterman was fucking putting a foot up my ass right so it's all good okay well i'm actually gonna try and say something negative i supposed to be these fucking white supremacists over here <laughs> Like, oh, I'm so rich and wonderful that I have to go to Paris. And, oh, my God, I may have to take some time off. But it's fine because I'll get When's eight weeks When's his hair going to start falling out? And then, Probably oh, my never. God, look at my fucking hair. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm like Sven. Okay. <laughs> These motherfuckers. All right. Well, what I'm going to say is Four that um, I, moved, I moved to the suburbs. 
right? And it, it was it's not easy, and 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 it's uh, it, it's I'm wonderful. I'm surprised they there. let it's you good. in. I know. I'm in the whitest fucking suburb too. Jesus Christ, there's no brown people there. Uh, but I uh, I watch. I I sit there in traffic when I do have to drive. I think the, uh, this last week was horrible. I think I spent two hours in traffic at some point. But you know what I got to do? I got to do a little bit of what Cassie does on her job the whole time. I got to listen to WGR 550 and listen to a ton of Howard and Jeremy. So I've actually gained a new glimmer in my horrible commute, which is podcasts and shit like that. Uh, so I, I've definitely grown a new love for that. I like Beautiful Anonymous. It makes me even more liberal. I don't care. It's a comedian, Chris Gethard. I like his podcast. It's good stuff. Uh, but... Anyway, so that's the glimmer in my shit. So at least I said something negative about my life. And there's plenty positive shit I could say about my life, right? But for some reason, these motherfuckers over hey, here. Hey, man. Hey, hey. How about you, you were talking about shitty life? I'm not in the top 1%. I'm like in the top 5%, okay? Oh, my God. What are you talking about? I went down on vacation days. I was. That, that's a hit. I, I also took a, a like, at best, the lateral move in salary to get in my new company, so. Me as well. I'm just going to kill you both, okay? <laughs> when this is done, I'm just going to stab you both with a shank. So find us online. Search Bills and Beers on either Facebook or Twitter. That's the best way to get us. Or search for Bills and Beers on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher. Best way to subscribe to this episode. We'll be back next week following the home opener against the San Diego Chargers. I'm not predicting a win. I'm going to say Hey, we're can, can we not do predictions of the game and just do predictions of who's going to start? Oh, uh, no, because I have no I don't know what McDermott's thinking. And I think we can flip a coin on it. I have no idea. We don't know who's going to win or not. Let's just guess. All right. Well, I, I hope that Josh Allen starts. I predict that Josh Allen will start. When he says he has to go back and look at the tape. Well, we looked at We watched the game live. Josh Allen is going to start. Final score, 23 to 10, San Diego Chargers. You know, this definitely means Nate Peterman's going to start, We right? might finish 0-5 to start the season, but hey, who knows. Uh, find us any way you can. Uh, we're, I'm going to institute a BNBSM uh, hashtag uh, winner at some point this season. I haven't decided on what it's going to be yet. So until then, listen, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody you know in Bill's Nation how you find us, and use the promo code BEERS. At uh, mybookie.ag and get a 100% say, bonus on the first deposit. And we will be back 47 to 3. It can't, it won't get any worse than that. So, uh, as far as silver linings in your poop go, take that to the bank because we will not finish 44 points in the red for the rest of the season. Let's go, Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Make me wanna Shout.